We want to welcome all of our listeners to another episode of Minority Report with Eric and Carell. Each episode, we talk with leaders in business, tech, and media, and we're excited today. Joining us is Walter T. Gear III, who is the Executive Creative Director of Experience Design at VMLYNR. So let's jump in and get to know Walter. Walter, welcome. How are you, buddy? Hey, what's good, man? Good. I'm doing good, man. You? Listen, I've got a lot. Got a lot to be happy for, and obviously a lot of crazy stuff going on. But we're Indeed. we're we're super excited to to have you on and be able to talk. Look, uh, man, I'm just happy to be part of the conversation. Okay, love it, <laughs> love it. The feeling is mutual. Thank you, Walter. You know, a lot happening work wise. First, uh, start off. Just tell us a little bit about what's going on with you at, at work these days. Oh my God, what isn't going on, man? I'm trying to figure that out. <laughs> uh, sh- don't tell anybody, man. I want to get fired uh, too soon. <laughs> nah, man. I, it's it's been an interesting year, man, to, to say the least. You know, spent I was at TBWA World Health for the past year and a half. You know, as a, as a kind of group creative director running Innovation Digital, just landed at VML YNR. Literally started today as our executive creative director, and it's been a uh, it's been quite the experience, man. I'm just I'm just off to the races right now, trying to figure out which direction to start sprinting. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I definitely want to want to catch up more on on your career. A, a tremendous body of work, and and worked at some some really great organizations. I want to come back to that a little bit later. But first, tell our listeners a little bit about about you. Where where were you born, and, and where were you raised? Oh man, so I was born in Baltimore, man, Baltimore, Maryland. I, you know, my dad was an engineer for GE then Duracell. So we traveled up and down the East Coast, man. So I was like Richmond to like Durham to like, or excuse me, Raleigh to upstate New York to Westchester County. I I was all over, man, which is why I'm socially awkward, you know, in person. (laughs) But yeah, I saw, yeah, I was, I was kind of all over Northeast Coast, man, but we've been in in the city, man, New York City the past like 15, 16 years, something like that. You know, on the road moving around that way, how do you think that that sort of uh, impacted like who you are today and, and how that, that helped you sort of form who you are? It's a good question, man. I never thought about that. I guess, you know, I've always been in situations where you have to kind of like present yourself and represent yourself consistently. And you kind of get in this notion of this motion of really kind of like knowing your story. Right. And it's like yeah. you're, you're constantly saying, here's my story. This is who I am. This is what I do. And I, I would assume that's kind of like how I've gotten to like what I do now, right? Which is like, because the role of, of a creative, honest to God, like the more senior you go, the, the less real work you're doing, right? In terms of, you know, pushing pixels, but then it turns into like influencing and telling stories and crafting stories and inspiring people. Hmm. Your family life sort of growing up, what was that like sort of culture-wise? So... My mother and that whole, which is majority of my family is from Jamaica. So, I mean, anybody who has family from the West Indies knows it's, the shit is real, right? Like, it was like, <laughs> that schoolwork better get done, you know, <laughs> and eat everything that's on their plate, not everything that you took at least. No, but it was interesting. And my, my father's from, from, you know, South, you know, North Carolina area. I, you know, it's funny. I didn't, my, it was kind of a strict house Right, but then my my parents divorced when I when I was in like sixth grade, and then my me my I have a younger brother who's four years younger. He went with my mom. I went with my dad. And the reason I went with my dad is so my dad was like, "Whatever, like you want to have a good time." And I was like, <laughs> I was running, man, and I was I was running. But honest to God, man, it was 
you know, I, I grew up at, I went to a high school, a middle school that was like all white, man. So like I had my small nucleus of friends, black friends, and, uh, you know, we gravitated to sports, man. And, and I ran track and track kept me focused, man. And, and on, and on the straight and narrow, right. And, and got me through college and, and, and out, you know, that's great. You know, how did you sort of start on your career path moving into the space? Tell us about that. Yeah, that's funny. I, I tell the story a lot, but, but, you know, honestly, I started my career as a lie, right? So like I, uh, you know, came out of college, you know, business management, had no idea what I wanted to do. I like to draw a lot, a little artsy. My dad was like, you should get in this web design. This was like 99 when mm. .com was booming, when you could make like a hundred grand if you knew HTML, right? <laughs> and uh, it was like, it was real back then for a minute. Honestly, man, he he applied for a job for me. Now he's like, I got you an interview tomorrow at Transworld mm. Entertainment. They're the largest music distributor in the world at the time. So guess where they are now, right? So I was like, yep, you know HTML? Yep, you know Photoshop? Yep, I didn't know what any of that shit was. I got the job. They asked me to start in two weeks. I asked them for three. I went to the library and studied and picked it up. And I ended up liking it and continued to learn on the job. I had a guy named Tom Vincent who held my hand a lot and this older white guy who was cool as shit, man, just helped me along the way. And that was that, man. That's how I kind of started it. Hmm. You know, Walter, one thing that I, I really appreciate a- about you is you're using this sort of moment in time here where we're going through a lot in our country to help open doors for others, right? Helping op- open doors for for people that, that look like us. And, and there are a couple of things there that I, I want to get your thoughts on. The first one is, so all of us are presenting at, at Ad Monsters next week, right? And, and one of the things that you did there is, is you have a requirement now in order for you to speak. Can you touch on that a little bit and why that's so important for you? Yeah, I, it's like you said, I mean, we're in a time now where I think that like we have so much more power and influence in the things that we do and say, more so than a lot of us think, mm-hmm. right? but a lot of us aren't being actionable actionable about it, right? Right. So I had been, since the pandemic hit, you know, I pivoted and started doing a lot of these live streams for this Black Health Now initiative that we kicked off with a lot of celebrities and folks and athletes. During that time, people saw that and started saying, oh, let me tap into you. And then it was like, they were kind of, trying to leapfrog off of what I was already doing by like, Hey, come keynote thing and come speak on this panel and so on and so forth. And it was cool because I was getting opportunities, but I had to stop for a minute and like, wait a second, man. Like I'm looking like this, this token out here. It's like the one brother that's on the panel or one brother's involved with this whole thing. And I know that right now, if people are listening, I'm I'm just going to go and demand this shit. And if they don't appreciate it or like it, then I'm just, Oh, well on to the next. So I, I essentially, I went out and told a few float folks from the jump, like, Hey, look, like, you know, if if you want me involved, I'm not going to be the only one. Therefore I ask that black people are represent are represented throughout your thing on par with population population, which is 13%. So I said, look, 13% of your speakers have to be black. And if you're, if you're good there, then I'm good to rock and roll. So show me the numbers first. And when you show me those numbers, then I'll sign off. And it's, it's been interesting, man. I've moved a, a good handful of, of conferences to do that some silently and, and some publicly. And it's, it's been dope because, you know, the, the question, and I tell people like, do this, right. But, but when you do this, be prepared to hand off the talent too, because right. you don't want them to go, okay, we'll do it. But like, we don't know where to find them. So I say, this is my ask. And here's about 20 to 25 people you can tap into. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Love it. Love Amazing. it. And, and, and speaking of, of people that you can tap into, right. 
you also, I think, co-founded Diverse Creatives, right? Yeah. Can, you, can you speak a little bit about that as well? Yeah. So my partner, Ron Lewis, and I, um, it's funny because we met about a year ago, a little over a year ago. At the same time, we both were creating lists of Black creative directors, both for, for slightly different reasons. But the bulk of the idea for both of us was we need to meet more people that look like us, right? That were at the time, we were looking just for executive level, right? People that we can have conversations with who understand mm-hmm. some of the things that we've been through. We put our list together. Ron was actually, when we met, number three on my list, which was interesting. Yeah, and he reached out to me. And then um, we put it on pause for a little bit because we were kind of thinking, what do we do with it? How do we do it? How do we execute? The moment was right recently, a couple months ago. And it was like a phone call. We got in the phone. It was like, yeah, we got to do this. <laughs> and then it started by like, Ron actually, he forced it because he was like, yeah, I created this document and it's like, people could sign up for it right now and it's ready to roll. And I bought the URL and I'm like, damn, okay. So he's like, I'm sharing it with a couple people right now to sign up. And I was like, that like forced it. And I was like, all right, let me do some social media posts. I did a post on LinkedIn, man. And in like four days, we got 1600 people. Wow. And it was funny is because when we first started it, the idea of when he came up with the document and we discussed like launching and what it would be, we both agreed that if it was like a couple hundred people, we couldn't do it. Two or three, four hundred people, because if it was two, three, four hundred people, then white folks or agencies and folks would say, see, we told you they were hard to find. Awesome. You only found that many. So mm-hmm. it was like, all right, we got to hit about a thousand. If we hit a thousand, then we'll jump it off. But then it just mm-hmm. four days, boom, took off. And I think we're up to like almost twenty three hundred now. Really? I'm still getting like 10 to 15 a day. And once we got that significant amount of people applying, then it was like, Okay, now we have to build something. Yeah. And so we launched this site. We we launched the site within a week, but when we started building the site, it was like everything about that and how we launched it was so intentional, man. It was like, all right, if we launch, we got to get press, and we got to get press from someone like an ad week or ad age because agency people will read it, right? But then if we if we lock that, we got to get something that makes us look legit. So we got to get someone like a Forbes, and we reached out to both of them. Both of them allowed us to, to launch at different times of the day or them to go live on different times of the day on the day of our launch. And that just helped catapult, you know, what nice. we were doing. And are you tracking how many people either get jobs or certain gigs from it as well, too? Yeah, that's that's a tough one, man. And we were really kind of thinking through how we do that. It's hard because we want to be a platform that doesn't show any faces because we know that there's like, you know, when people see pictures of people's faces that they you know, bias kicking, mm-hmm. right? And it was mm-hmm. like all about driving to people's portfolios or driving to LinkedIn. So we are just that mediator. And truth be told, like if LinkedIn comes and does this tomorrow, we're out of business and good. So be it, right? They should be doing that. Right. Right. But to answer your question, no, no, we don't. Because there's no way to track it thus far. But we've gotten multiple messages from people who are like, yo, I got a job. We appreciate this. Like, oh my gosh, I've had, never had so many people reach out to me. And they all told me it's coming from the platform. We have folks from every, you know, agency hitting me up about like about it and ask me to come and talk to their agency about it. Yeah, it's been good, man. Nice. Yeah. And and listen, regardless of whether you can track it or not, it's a great initiative. And listen, it's it's just like advertising. You know, not everything in advertising you can track, but that doesn't mean it doesn't work either. So <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So listen, man, uh, congrats. I know you just started a new job as we're recording this. Today is, is day one. What are you looking forward to most about your new gig? What's exciting you the most about it? Yeah, so it's, I, I can give you the, the rundown. and It's an easy one. It's just essentially my ability to do more, right, in a few different areas, right? So number one is I've done 
publisher in ad tech for 19, like 18 years, 19 years, right? Uh Like New York Times, Google, Viacom, and MySpace. Then I came to TBWA. They reached out and said, hey, you know, we should should come in and talk. I was like, man, I don't do the agency thing. I don't do the health thing. And then we figured, you know, figured it out. We decided we want to just consult for a month, got involved. And I was like, yeah, I like it. They gave me an offer and I started. And I realized it like, man, like, Health is dope because like this was the first time I was doing work that is actually impacting people's lives, right? right? I'm not yeah. like putting asses in seats and feet in sneakers. But the problem was that I'm doing good, but then there's the lack of innovation, right? Because on the health side, everyone is in a race to be second. Mm. So while I was able to innovate and we did some dope stuff over the past year and a half, it wasn't like full speed innovation, but it was a like, great innovation for the health space. VML YNR came around. That was interesting because... I was able to focus on their health business and really growing their health business now. And they're doing a ton of money with some really giant clients, but also being able to work with like Visa and like New Balance and like, and, and all those guys and Google and so on and so forth to do some really interesting business. So this like, it gives me the best of both worlds, right? And allows me to kind of tiptoe in both areas. Oh, that's great. Tell us uh, such great experience, you know, uh, professionally, uh, a lot of great companies. And then also, you know, you, you traveled a lot or moved around a lot growing up. You know, tell us about some like heroes and, and mentors, you know, along the way, both professionally and, and also personally. Yeah, man. I mean, like you don't get to where you are without other people, right? I mean, like from the from jump, it was my dad. But my dad was, you know, being an engineer when I was young. Like I never knew what an engineer meant. I always knew like he was creating something on the computer. And it was always like, some real cool looking shit, right? Like I would go down the den. He's got like the, the computer on. It's like a <laughs> dimly lit thing. The whole rest of the room was dark. Miles Davis, like kind of blue is playing like in the background. And I'm like, this is, ch- I want to do this. Um, <laughs> so that's where I was like engineer. Like I eventually became an engineer when I was at Google, which is dope, right? But when I got, after leaving Google and going to Viacom, I met a guy named Jason Witt, who's now the chief operating officer of Operative. Mm. And this guy just taught me so much, man. Like we got in there and he was like, look, I don't, I just care about making incremental revenue. How do we do that through technology and advertising and all this stuff, like an innovation. And he just gave me a room to stretch out. And that's really what blossomed my career, Mm. right? So I stopped like running in this straight line and then I got a chance to just do whatever I wanted, right? And we came up with this idea of like, let's open up a usability lab and let's use biometric research, which no one was doing at the time. We partnered with MIT Labs, built that out. And then by way of this lab, I was pulling things like heart rate, pupil dilation, arousal, which is sweat in the palms, eye tracking, facial expressions. Through this, I could tell what works off color, call to action, speed of animation, position on page. And I'm ideating, bringing this stuff into a lab, testing it with different types of demographics bringing it out, refining it, bringing it back in. And like, I was basically able to innovate and create the perfect ad before we sell, sold it to advertisers. And that was dope because out of that came, like I got like six patents came out of that, like skippable pre-roll I invented mm-hmm. and patented, right? It's like mm-hmm. five, four, three, two, one skip. So a ton of patents. That, but like, I say that because like he gave me the ability to kind of ex- like explore, right? Which is hard to find in a lot of jobs, but he also yeah. inspired me in the way he pitched and the way he presented he was like one of these dudes that didn't give a shit and was like custom pitches. And I was like, huh? Like, what is this This guy's custom? And then like, and then, you know, he brought me with him to, he and another woman named Nada Strat, who's also been an inspiration in my career, brought me with them to MySpace to basically help sell MySpace and grow the business before selling. And I'll never forget, man, when he took me over there, we had a meeting and he was like, 
I was a director at the time. Nah, he was like, I'm going to make you a vice president and this is the amount of money I'm going to give you. And I guarantee you're never going to make less than this a day again. In your life. And literally like two months ago, we were on the phone because he was like, you know, like being my reference. And he's like, remember when I told you that you never did, did you? <laughs> right. So, so he was most certainly someone that really helped me in a lot of ways, but there are many other people, man. I mean, this Julie Bernard at Verve who, who gave me the opportunity. She was like, I see something in you that's special. Like you need to be on stage. And she put me on stage everywhere, man, like Germany, London. And it allowed me again to like continue growing. So, you know, these were just a few of the people in my career who've been advocates and allies. And, and when you have people in your corner like that, they can recognize talent and say, I'm going to help you and push you out there. It changes everything, man. That's huge. So first, shouts to advocates and allies that can help always Indeed. sort of create space, right? G- give someone an opportunity to sort of stretch out, like you were saying, and ultimately help to, to sort of push people along. That, that's tremendous. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, those, those are great innovations that you talked about, especially for some folks sort of going even back a little bit, you know, to sort of understand, you know, these things that happen behind the scenes and then become part of like everyday sort of web usage and, and how you interact with content technology and what excites you about the future you know of, of kind of like the industry and, and what you're working on now what are some exciting things that that walter's thinking about yeah it's a good question a million dollar question man i don't know i'm just, so i'm really weird the way i approach my work and not the way i approach innovation i get inspired by walking down the street and just seeing random things right like i'm one of these people that when someone says yo check out this campaign that so-and-so did like i'm not as likely to look because I feel as though when you see other people's work that's incredible, there's a tendency of replicating it, right? Even sometimes subtly. So I don't know, man. I, I think that when I when I think about what's going on, what's to be or to come, I think it's the loss of these devices that we touch, right? And more of an integration into our lives, like experiences like AR. Like like mm. I'm I'm super anxious to see folks like Apple roll out glass whenever yeah, I feel like every year they're like two years it's coming out in two years right <laughs> <laughs> but like I'm excited about that because I think with the use of something like that sits on your face and augmented reality bringing things together like very minority report-ish I think that's where we're headed but it's you know I also think that with younger generations there is such an approval or, or an okay with the use of their data, right? Like millennials and Gen Z's, like they expect a brand to know you better than they know themselves, right? Whereas like our age group, I'm just, I'm just guessing you guys are my age. I know y'all got good skin and everything. Oh, uh, <laughs> I, keep this, I keep this short so you can't see the grays. <laughs> <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, like we're less inclined, man. So we'll see, I think, is is cl- brands are going to start to get closer to consumers more so than they ever have. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be more of an integration into lives, right? In a very simple way that you don't even realize. So like I'd say as an example, I have eight Alexa devices in my house, eight or nine, right? Like every floor, most of my rooms. And when I walk into the house, you know, I was like, I don't want to say it now because I have one in front of me. Turn on front door. Yeah. Turn on everything, right? And everything goes on and off. But as I'm coming in and saying, turn on everything, like it should recognize that there's a light bulb out in the kitchen, right? And after everything comes on, it should say, one of your light bulbs is out in the kitchen. There's a sale right now for Philips Hue light bulbs for $19.99. Would you like us to purchase that right now? Yes. Mm-hmm. Boom. It's at my house the next day, yeah. right? 
like opportunities with brands. And this is why I say integrated into your life in simple ways where it's like, you're not thinking about it. It's like, Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Get that. Yep. Automatic. Yep. Yeah. Amazing. So Walter, before we got on, we were all talking about kids at home, right? And obviously you're, you're busy. You got a kid as well too, right? Married. How, what does work-life balance look like? Is there a such thing? Yeah, it changes every day. (laughs) It's like it's so in the moment. No, it's a challenge, man. I mean, my daughter's five and a half, almost six now. I'm fortunate that she's at that age where like she's cool with like playing by herself and she gets with her dolls and all that. We tried for so long to kind of avoid the TV thing, but like Mm. it's it's impossible now, right? It's impossible. It's so hard. And we unfortunately have a tendency of using that as a babysitter. So what we've been doing is like you got to go on and off. Like I get my, my day is like seven 30. I wake up with my daughter. I get a dress. I do the morning stuff. My wife gets a little extra hours of sleep. I'm doing her classes or schoolwork to like nine 30, almost 10. Then we switch off. And then I'll grab her later around like four or five. And so it's like, we do this kind of like tandem thing, but it's hard, man. I don't think that anyone expects you to be perfect. And I think that if, you know, at the places you work, I think we're all in the same situation, right? So your yeah. kid comes running in, bust through the door. Like it is what it is. I mean, this is, this is a life now for like 98% of the world. Yeah. Right. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You know, another thing that's interesting about this time is too, right? We're, we're here in the summer. We just had, you know, a bunch of kids through across the country graduate from college, looking for their first job. A lot of creatives out there. What advice would you give that kid that's looking for their first job and wants to get into the creative world? Yeah. So, so a few things right now, I think, and I know people might not agree with me, right? I think now more so than ever is a time where it's easier for you to grow your personal brand, right? And I say starting there because like, and it's also easier for you to reach people too, right? Because Mm. like we're all home, we're all having access to like the same exact tools. It's like how we use them, right, is is what matters. So I tell folks like all the time, like when you're, you're looking for a job, great, go find the job on that site. Once you find a job, find who's a hiring manager, find that hiring manager on LinkedIn, send them a DM on, on LinkedIn or whatever. Then find find the chief diversity officers, send them a DM or message on LinkedIn. Then they'll, they'll know that you're, link, or you're trying to get it. Then go find the recruiter. So it's like, you should always be looking for those three people. But also mm. I say, you know, take this time to build your personal brand too, right? So like, you know, the stuff that I've been doing in the past since then, since seven, eight months now, has been very health focused and black health now and, and about diversity and inclusion. Like everything that I do is so intentional, right? Like every post that I make is, is thought through because it's about, you know, engaging people, right. And, and drawing in an audience. And, and when you do that, right. I'm not going to lie. Like part of the reason I got this job is because of all the shit that I've been doing the past six months. Right. Right. Like if we were all still at the offices and this pandemic never happened, I probably would not have the job that I have right now. And that's mm. a fact. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. And, and I mean, I think that, again, it, it speaks to, to your point about, you know, being intentional, but also using this moment, like you said, to open doors, but also to, to push content out there that people want to see. Right. And so I think that's Absolutely. super important. Yeah. Absolutely. I'll tell you, man, I'm having conversations with people now that, a year ago, I, I like wouldn't even imagine like from celebrities to like, I'm on with CEOs of major companies that are like, yo, let's just talk. And I'm like, what? Like, oh, I saw you. I saw this thing. Da, da, da. They're hitting me up. Like, I saw this thing. You posted this article you were in. Let's chat sometime. I'm like, huh? Like who, who like, but again, like people, you know, when I did all these live streams, I cold call Idris Alba's manager. 
Hey, wow. what's going on? My name is Walt. You don't know me, but you can get on the phone with people now. So take advantage of it. Right, right, right. And don't and don't just sit back and wait for it to come to you. Go get it. Too. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 absolutely. All right. So fun question. I love asking every guest that we have on the podcast. Give us three apps that you use on your phone regularly. And you can't, oh, man. Name, you can't name email, no text messaging, no calendar. Those are all boring. <laughs> oh man, that's a, this, this is a tough one. So, so, so this, this, this is how awkward my life is. If you said sites too, it'll get weirder. It would have gotten weirder. I'd say clearly inst- Instagram, right? I'm just, I'm yeah. always on Instagram. Sad story. New York Times, right? For content. And then, you know, here's, a, here's an interesting one. I've been on Clubhouse recently. And I'm not, I don't want to like, I'm not here to like promote them or anything, but Clubhouse is in beta and it's like this super exclusive, everybody wants to be on it platform where it's all, it's interesting. It's all talking, right? It's just, it's mm. all like live, live stream audio. And like you go in there and there's like tons of rooms, some of them titled, some not, you just jump in and listen. And then you can raise your hand and, and join in as, as one of the hosts and join in on the conversation, the panel. So it's like a room full mm. of panel discussions. And that's interesting, but it's like, it's just a whole, it's like a lot of like most of the folks in there, like founders and VCs and stuff. Mm. And they're just starting to get more people of color in there to have more interesting conversations. But that's been an interesting one. Mm. You know, it's funny you, you mentioned that. I remember for those that can rewind back to some of the years that you mentioned earlier in the show. And there was a time on the web where there were these rooms that people forums that you could just go into. That man, that reminds me a lot of that. Yeah, that was, it's the same thing. That was literally <laughs> that was like ninety seven, ninety eight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those chat rooms. I remember specifically because at one time I was two thousand uh, two thousand after I got laid off from JP Morgan. You know, uh, two thousand one after nine eleven. Right, I got laid off, and I'll never forget. I was in one of those chat rooms in my office, yeah. and I was like, it was a hip hop room, and I was freestyling with other people back and forth. <laughs> and amazing. my wife came in the room. She's like you're rapping instead of looking for jobs <laughs> no, but, but, but to your point man that's great i was just thinking that the other day yeah, it's like they're just yeah. recycling right technology that's like 23 years old yeah yeah there's so much more to talk about you know that and then that specifically hopefully you'll come back and hang with us in a few months and let's catch up and see what's going on Absolutely. and for all those listening right now how can folks continue to follow you and Hear what you're talking about and stay in touch with you. Our audience likes to do that a lot. Yeah, yeah. Instagram and Twitter, I'm, mo- I'm most active at Third Gears, like three R D G E E R S. Third Gears. Thank you, man. I appreciate it, and thank you both for the opportunity. This is a dope conversation, and I will gladly come back. And I'm going to hold you to that tent now. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. All right, everybody. Thank you, Walter. Thank you so much for spending some time with us, and everybody. You know where to find Walter. And thanks for listening again to us. And uh, you can find us everywhere you find all of your audio. Thanks very much.